Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Momgakuri, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of April 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hey everyone, Genki. Genki indeed. I finally have someone. <laughs> you do. I'm so sorry. It's been a crazy year. Yeah, no, 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 I, I completely understand. So, I assume during these uh, lovely three weeks of not talking to you, you've been listening to a lot of stuff, huh? <laughs> not really. <laughs> but, I have been, I do got a good chunk, so, I mean, I have, but I haven't. Some of it's the usual, some of it isn't. So, I guess I'll get started. Uh, I went back to Odyssey again just because of our last discussion on Record of Memories. I just went on this huge Odyssey kick and just revi- was revisiting, you know, their best album, their 5 times 20 And I, of course, I always revisit their Time album because that's one of my favorites. I mean, it has Love So Sweet, We Can Make It. I forgot how much I love the song Firefly, and it just gives me that hardcore Backstreet Boy feel. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was listening to that one again, and then I did go back to just some of my R&B hip-hop stuff on my giant playlist I have. I went back to I, The Moment with Yellow Bucks. I did finally get to listen to most of A-Witch's new album, Queendom, which is fantastic. Like, I absolutely love A-Witch, and I am glad to see her getting a good spotlight as of lately, I do recommend it. Um, I mean, my favorite track is still probably Gila Gila or Kuchini Dashte, but the album as a whole is fantastic. Um, also, I went back to Yuri. I was listening to his Ichi album again, just because it's such a solid, a very well put together album. I mean, you got Beetle, uh, Beetlejuice, you know, as the first starting track, and I just feel like everything flows very well. I also went back to Bandmade, especially because they announced more showings for their concert, and one is in Chicago for their first U.S. tour. Unfortunately, it's on November 1st, and the day before is Halloween. Those of you know, I'm huge into Halloween. There's no possible way I can go. I you just honest- celebrate in in, in uh, Chicago instead. <laughs> no, we hand out candy every year. It's our tradition. So there's there's can absolutely ha- can it hand out candy in Chicago. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and I don't want to know how expensive it would be to go to Chicago on Halloween too. And oh, I also yeah, I would have to request a couple more days off work. <laughs> mm. But as much as I want to go, I can't. But that brought me back to relisting the bandmate, especially their brand new Made album, which is one of my favorites. And Conquer is also phenomenal. And Unseen World is great, too. So, I mean, I've just been going back and revisiting their music due to that reason. And then also was listening to uh, Kodakumi because I got her heart album in the mail. I got the fan club edition and it is absolutely gorgeous. I I honestly love the album. I think uh, Bidu Bop Bop is one of my favorite ones still. Um, And I mean, she had other great tracks on there that I loved and it is a solid album. I'm just glad to see her come back and still releasing music. Bow Wow, Sure Shot, Good Time Featuring I is really good. 
Um, Yaku no Kuroku Tachie is amazing. Four more. So, I mean, all in all, it's a solid album, and I recommend it. I went back to Millet's Visions album because I absolutely love the track Wake Me Up, and it literally does wake me up in the morning. Also went back to Nishino, uh, Nishino Kana just because, you know, I go back to her every once in a while and just have to listen to my favorite tracks. Distance is always on that list. Um, and let's see, what else? I went back to Nishi because he announced his Hocus Pocus 3 album. And I started listening to Mara Kimi Washira and I, My Prettiest Girl. And I had that on repeat for like a couple weeks. And just was watching all the lives of that and, and also bought something. So, and what else did I go back to? I went back to Dream. Talk about a throwback. I bought a couple of their live concerts. And so, I mean, I went back to Dream from your talk into their process album up until they became four members before they disbanded with their Hands Up album. And I just, I still adore them. And just watching their transformation over all those years is just a very interesting to see. And uh, man, what else did I, I had so much on my list. It was just kind of random random things I went back to Azu because I hadn't listened to her in quite some time and I really like I really like her uh, tomoda her track Tomodachi and the cute thing is, is Hinoichi Emi actually does the piano in that and is also in the music video and it made me smile so yeah uh, oh I also went back to Tanaka Alice and I forgot how much I love her and her when she did English songs they're really fun especially her the pirate song just cracks me up so yeah just a lot of random things Ken what about you <laughs> I like the fact you said you're not listening to much but you just go this huge list of things well it's just <laughs> random things here and there I mean it has been three weeks so yeah. and whenever I'm in the car I do put something on <laughs> and I had to drive a lot this week. Yeah, I know, I know. So I've been listening to a bunch of other things as well. So I've been listening to Asian Kung Fu Generation's new album, Planet Folks. And it's it's alright. It's a very solid album. And it, I, I really did miss hearing releases done by them. I was also listening to Sakana Action's latest album as well which is called uh, Adept. It's a mini album, and it's really solid. It's a really, really solid album, uh, mini album overall. The songs really flowed really, really well, and I kind of can't wait to hear a traditional album done by them. So, I mean, they... I'm kind of waiting for an Essentials album again because it's been a while for them. But besides that, I was also listening to Gen Hoshino's latest single, Comedy, uh, Official Hige's latest single, Mixed Nuts, which is a whole bag, let me just tell you that much. Uh, Yo Yona Yona Weekenders, uh, Yokusei by, uh, featuring Sei Chung Kyo is really, really good. Highway by Ghost by Girlfriend is also really, really well. Uh, I was listening to Tokyo by their their album um the album tokyo by super beaver particularly their song special on that is actually really good 
I was also listening to Daichi Yamamoto's Everyday's People single, which is absolutely really solid. Um, but a bunch of random things here and there as well. So I would highly recommend that though. Uh, for you, Luna, for listening everyday people. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'll put that on my list. Yeah. So, and then also listen to uh, Billy Lawrence. His Baby Mode EP is actually really good. Uh, his song I Like It featuring Baby Nabe is actually just really, really solid as well. It's a kind of older song though. But speaking of Kodokume, I did listen to Heart. So um, I was listening to Sure Shot off of that. So it's, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I, I, I like that she's still going and she's still, I feel like she's still releasing solid music and I'm still yeah. enjoying it, you know, and I feel like some artists over time I fall out with them, but she's one I have not fallen out with yet. Well, the thing is, because I think she, the thing is with Coda, she she knows how to take her breaks fairly wisely. Granted, you know, with the pandemic and all that stuff, of course, everyone kind of took a break, so to speak. But overall, with the her release of music has been really spread apart fairly nicely to the point that you're not really overwhelmed by a lot of it, so to speak. It's not oversaturated. Yeah, and I kind of really like that of how she's been playing the game as of late. Because I remember when she was in her prime, not saying that she isn't in her prime now, but back in the day when she was a very much more household name i guess before kingdom <laughs> i must have that yep uh she was going pretty hard on releases and i kind of remember that time of hers and i think just how everything ended up being it's it's kind of good that this happened overall I, I agree with that because it was hard to keep up with her releases at that time. I remember because I would buy them and there would be four or five singles a year physical and then I had to be very wary of which ones I could afford to buy, you know, and then there were several editions of different tracks or videos and, you know, it was very, very overwhelming and I do like, like, you know, you said how it is now. I miss her physical stuff, but at the same time, I think the digital has really helped some artists and that way to keep it more even as well. Yeah. Well, I know this is going to be really short, but a little behind-the-scenes magic here. We we didn't know if this episode was going to be made or not, so we didn't come up with a topic. Uh, unfortunately, Music Corner wasn't also available at that time. We will have Music Corner up next week, I promise you that. It's an artist that I'm actually really excited for and a type of artist that... I don't think we've done before because he isn't a traditional artist on how we usually do Music Corner. Yep. No, I agree. Actually, he's a very interesting artist because I've been listening to him and I was pretty surprised. I'm glad you chose him because it. I'm excited to talk about it. It's very unique. Yes, yes, that's for darn sure. And I really can't wait, so... But I guess with that, let's go right into the Oricon here. And it's kind of been a while for you, so it's there's actually a lot of songs that I would love to hear your take on it. So, but let's start off with number 10. It is Chameleon by King New. Not much more we can say about this release. I believe we did talk about this, so. 
Yes, we did it. So this week it sold a lovely 20,527 points here. And going on up to number 9, it is Call 119 by Eni. And <laughs> I was wondering how you would like this release, Luna, because I absolutely will not hate it. It was a very strong dislike of this personal song because I swear to God I never want to hear the numbers 119 in a song after this. So I feel the same way. Um, so I have, so let me break down exactly the reason why this song is not for me. And I, I do understand the point they're trying to get across with the new, you know, this is that, I feel like this is not my generation of music. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, Eni Eni's a part of that project, you know, 101. Produce 101. Produce 101 results here. And this, it's glaringly relevant of why these releases have not struck a chord to any three of us, me, you, or, or Greg. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of hard. It is. And so, and I'll just give a little background because yes, I do like K-pop. Yes. You know, we know what Produce 101 is. They're very K-pop inspired. Here's the thing. No, the K-pop I grew up with has changed. I mean, I'm Gen 1, Gen 2 K-pop, some Gen 3. And there is such a huge difference in where it's come from. And Eni is definitely part of the new generation, which... I, I dabble in here and there. And I'm not saying they're not K-pop, but you can tell they're influences. Say, no, they're not K-pop, say, but it's, their it's, influences are K-pop. very K-pop. And you yeah, can tell. I was going to say, they're, they're, they're very inspired by mo- modern, modern K-pop. K-pop. Yes. And it's just... It shows in this. It shows very, very well in this of how, how the modern style of K-pop and that influenced influences across the world here and obviously because produce 101 is a joint venture between japan and korea because of that name it's it's kind of hard not to link the two together even though you know they're totally different genres but you can tell how influenced these groups are by you know that unique flair that k-pop has yes and yes it's for 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 me and I guess for us in general, I can proudly or boldly say, you know, it's it's really difficult to try and relate to these types of releases if you know we understand that this is not it, it's a generational thing at this point. <laughs> it it is, and I I think for me there in some some are hit or miss. This one, I I think my main issue was it did not flow and i like tracks that flow and you can really follow along with it this one i will say when you do hear eni's vocals there are two members i'm sorry i don't know their names they have great vocals and you can hear a little bit in there and i'm like okay i i like that you can hear their vocals they have nice vocals then it but it goes from like vocals rap vocals rap and it doesn't have this flow where you actually can get hooked onto one thing. It just is constantly moving at such a high speed that for me, it just feels like there's no substance to really can for me to connect with the track. And that's what I do look for in music is I like that flow. I like that substance there. And that gives me a connection. 
And this one, it is just jumping from this to this to this. And it's so go, 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 go. And I'm a go, go, go person. But my music, I don't always like like that. And that's what this, that's what Call 119 really felt to me is it was all over the place. I mean, they were just jumping around to this, to this, to this. And I understand what they were trying to do. This is a very, obviously, a fast-paced song, you know. With their dancing is great. You know, you can tell this song is centered around them dancing, you know. And I, I'm i not saying they're bad rappers or bad vocalists. I think the two members I heard are great vocals. But this is the type of very upbeat hyper group. And that's the other thing that for me personally, I'm you got to strike the right chord for me to like a group like that. But yeah, Call 119 is just not for me. And I, yeah not my thing it's just a little too much for me there's too much going on in that song yeah no and i felt the same way and i just i don't know how to specifically deal with that and you know i just have to uh, we we all three of us just has to understand that these songs aren't aren't gonna be for us i i really wish that we could have another member that is of around this generation just so that I can hear the the I guess the different uh, the generational gap opinion because it it'd be really good to have someone closer in age to see if this style really does strike a chord with them. I agree because I would also like to hear that just because I mean it's it'd be nice to hear right now we just hear our own opinions but Hearing someone else who listens to this sort of music, just hearing what they think about it would be really nice. Yeah, no, that's for darn sure. But yeah, you know, call 119, so the lovely 20,628 points here. And going on up to number 8, it is actually by Nogizaka46. Now, I am quite surprised that it's still on here and happy that it's still on here because... I really did like actually and I was really hoping to hear at least yours or Gray's if I could have gotten him on opinion about this release and so I'm I'm very happy that it it, it stayed on just for this past week because I think it's not going to be on there anymore next week but how did you like actually so I actually enjoyed it. I thought the vocals were very, very good. I thought the composition was... I, I was shocked at the composition, like, and how well it everything actually flowed together. Because I know at Nogizaka 46, and with a lot of the newer idol tracks in general, I've been hit or miss. But I was surprised at how much I actually liked this. I really liked the composition because it stood out. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's the, it's the take that they really needed to have, to be honest, because of the fact that, you know, Nogiza, so here's how I'm thinking they should have the groups, Nogizaka should be the one to do the variety, and having Sakurazaka do the dance heavy and Hinaka Zaka do the traditional idol stuff. That's how I think these three groups should work in tandem. 
obviously the only one that is following true to themselves is Hinata Zaka. But that's only because of the fact that Hinata Zaka hasn't lost a lot of their heavy hitters, kind of like how um, Nogi Zaka and and obviously Sakura Zaka had beforehand. Sakura Zaka just doesn't know how to find themselves, it, and they're gonna they're being in that same boat as Nogi Zaka currently. Where they don't know what they want to be. The fact that Nogizaka released something like this gives me a little bit hope to be like, yes, if Nogizaka can at least kind of get their head on straight and be able to do variety styles of compositions of tracks, I think that's the right way to go because this tonally is a different style of composition compared to anything that they've released over the past three years. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean... Like what? Yeah, you're right about Sakurazaka because they just haven't found themselves. Well, I feel like Nogi Zaka. I know this is just a fresh start for me. I feel like because I'm trying to think what was the last song besides actually that we really liked from Nogi Zaka. Yeah. the 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 last song that me and you actively liked was um, uh, Kaede Michiwa. It was, and that was that was a while ago. No, no, that was almost four to five years ago. Mm-hmm. At this point, yep. So yeah, yeah so that, I feel that like kinda, this that kind of that kind of like... tells you how, you know, you know, it's it's it would be very interesting if we could have Gray on with this release because I really wanted to hear his opinions about this because of the fact I'm pretty sure because he he doesn't think that they have nothing, um, nothing wrong with them. I believe. So, yeah, and it is what it is. So it is. And I'm just glad to see them coming back with something that stands out and that's unique. And I hope they continue this way because actually, and even the whole special edition as a whole, I thought was very solid. Yeah. But yeah. This week actually sold a lovely 21,881 points here. And going on up to number 7, it is Butter by BTS. Not much more we can say about this release. Close Closing in on two years of domination, so there's that. <laughs> this week it sold a lovely 22,988 points. And going on up... Uh, to number six, it is Zankyo Saka and Asaga Kudu by good old Imer here. Not much more we can say about this release. I expect it to go a little bit further down. But this week it's a lovely 23,653 points here. And going on up to number five, it is Ishizu and Saka, uh, Saka Yume by King Nu. Not much more we can say about this as release as well because I'm pretty sure this is going to go out of fashion fairly soon because uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is not going to be available in the theaters anymore. So Nope, and I missed it. I'm kind of upset about that still. But uh, you were trying to catch up on everything though, right? So. I did. I finally finished the show Thursday night and that's why. Uh, and then I found out later I didn't have to watch the show because it's a prequel. Yeah, oh yeah, Zero would have. 
Oh well. But we're gonna yeah. <laughs> you can just wait at this point. But this week it sold a lovely twenty-seven thousand and twenty-six points. And continuing on up to number four, it is Maji Love Starish Suas by obviously Starish. <laughs> so this is the subgroup of the uh, the magically popular Utano Prince Sama here and it's it's anime husbandos. This is more your your thing, Luna. So did it strike a chord? My thing. Uh, I'm saying as as a person that would love husbandos. <laughs> well, it did not strike a chord, and sometimes I do actually like the husbandos, but Majira Stadishu Shisuas Starish. Starish sewers. Starish Just didn't didn't strike a chord because I just there's just something about it. It just wasn't catchy. It didn't hook with me. And like Love Live, I feel like Love Live always there's something about it that always hooks. There's a catch to it that I get stuck in your head. But this just didn't have that. It just felt like your typical run-of-the-mill husbando anamu song that, unfortunately to me, was very forgettable. I mean, not to say it was bad, it just was there. Now, I'm sure if I watched the anime, I would probably have a different opinion because, you know, if it's part of it, you're watching it over and over and over, and then it, no matter what, you're going to probably end up liking it. So, yeah, that's what I... Th- and that's what I honestly think. I think it's mostly because you were watching Love Live and you kind of got a closer affiliation to that style. And w- neither of us, or Gray for that matter, hasn't watched the Utano Prince Sama series. So we don't have any any style of affiliation towards these styles of groups yet. So Yeah, but to that point as well, Gray's never watched any Love Live. I think it's only you and I have, and but he still likes some of the Love Live tracks that they've had. But uh, but Gray also is kind of a pushover of what he fucking loves anyway. <laughs> that's true. So, but no, I feel like I would probably have more of a connection to uh, Maji Loves Starish Suaz if I watch Uta no Prince Sama, and I've been tempted to. I just haven't pulled the trigger. You know, it it. It looks interesting, but I'm sure that this would make more sense and you would enjoy it more if it had a connection. But I feel like if you're just going into it, listening to it for the first time, you've never watched the anime, it's it might it's not going to be for you. And that's how I felt because I have no, you know, no connection to the anime. I've, ne- you know, I haven't really listened to much of the music from it. I mean, we've listened to a few things here and there in Oricon and some I've liked, some I haven't. This one just didn't strike that chord with me. Oh yeah, that's that's for darn sure. But you know, regardless, it's still on the charts here. It sold a lovely thirty-one thousand nine hundred and thirty points here. And going on up to number three, it is Voltage by Itzy. I believe that's how you pronounce them. Yep, it's Itzy. And this is yeah, and this is a Korean group, a Korean K-pop group. That is making their single debut with this lovely song of Voltage. Now, you, it seems like you're fairly familiar with them already, Luna. So, how did you like this song in particular? 
or this release, I should say. So for a debut Japanese single, I actually thought it was okay. I I don't think it. Being honest, I think they could have done better than Voltage, but I honestly think in general it's still pretty solid. I do think Spice is the better track, which is the B-side. I enjoyed that more because it was a little more vocal heavy and it wasn't as in your face. I think my issue with Voltage, it is, it's, it's, is definitely more what they call new generation K-pop. And you can hear that. I mean, they, but I still do enjoy them because they're also a, they're not as big of a group as some of the others. There's only five members. So it kind of reminds me of like when some of the groups like Jewelry and Baby Vox and all that stuff were together and, you know, the the lesser group vibe. Um, I do think their vocals and their rap is pretty solid, but I feel like Voltage only really showcases more of the rap than their vocals. And I that was more of my issue with it because I think they, they're very talented and... I would like to hear more vocal heavy songs by them, you know, as a debut, but I think they wanted to stand out more and show that they're multi-talented, which they are with Voltage. So, I mean, you know my style because I do like Blackpink and Twice, or uh, uh, Twice isn't remiss, Um, but I like Blackpink. I like 21, you know, I like that type of style. So, I mean, it was solid. I, I, if you like this type of genre, because it is very K-pop and they are a K-pop group, so it makes sense. But just, just on that, I mean, you, it definitely oozes with K-pop vibe. And that's my whole big thing about this. I don't think this was a good single at all, um, personally, uh, because of the fact that it's just a Japanese version of their K-pop stuff. And I've listened to to i i i'm not a fan of k-pop i'm i'm gonna just say that out there i'm not a fan of modern k-pop and i don't really like that groups need to feel like they have to follow that formula to be popular granted i understand why people do that i just don't necessarily agree with it and and if you say that they have better songs, then I'll I really will believe you here, Luna. But Voltage, at, on a whole, is just it's very forgettable, and I rolled my eyes as soon as I heard it. And and that's to say with both songs, because Spice, while I will have to admit it is a better showing than Voltage, it's a lot of my problems of what K-pop is right now. It did show up. Yes, in it. and I do see your point. It is a very K-pop song in Japanese, ending up in the charts. Yes, it is forgettable too because they're and this is their first Jap. This is their Japanese debut, so I don't want to bring any of their K-pop songs into it because you know it's we we've never showcased them. But in my opinion, they do a better songs. Now I would like to see more original Japanese songs and maybe cater more toward the Japanese market cuz now they have the option to change up their style. You know, I don't think they will. But the thing is, I don't no. think I, I don't think that's going to No. I don't think that's that's not going to happen. It's because of what Twice did and to a point you know that that's the thing i don't mind the success i i i love the success that k-pop had especially with twice 
and BTS. I, I don't mind them. I don't mind them at all. But the fact that all the other groups are trying to chase after that ring it's a copycat thing. It's like it's like I'm watching the NFL for God's sakes. Copycat thing where everyone is trying to copy each other because of the success of the last group. And I really hate that because it's not showing the individualism. And granted, J-pop is like that to a point at certain times as well. I will admit that. But if I'm looking at a glance eye view of just specifically the Japanese market with occasional Korean influences here. I I can't I, it, it's hard not to to say that this is a very copycat style of composition and releases. And and yes, I can see that. And being honest, a lot of these they're not just copying off twice. If you think about it, twice copied off girls' generation. So it kind of just funnels back to old generation K-pop. But I see your point on that because, yes, it just feels like another another one of those girl groups like Red Velvet, Mamamoo, you know, that are going to show up G-Idol, that are going to show up in J-pop industry and probably disappear. Like the only thing that I remember of Red, uh, of Red Velvet was because they did the more riskier dance moves and all that crap. That was excellent. Crap. Oh, see that my point exactly because I can't remember any of them because they sound all the same. That that's my whole point exactly yeah, with no, all this. And stuff. I see your point on that because yes, unless you have a group that really stands out, you're gonna. They all do sound the same because there's only there are a few that I do remember because they stand out, and as much as I do enjoy it, see, do they stand out? No. And I can see that because Voltage isn't going to be a standout track. It's if you like this type of genre, you're going to like it. If you're not into this type of thing, you're not going to like it. It's not for you. But is it forgettable? Yes. Is it your typical run of the mill, you know, K pop group going over to J pop group, you know, K pop going to J pop industry type thing? Yes. So, no, I do see your point on that. And yes, a lot of them really are taking that same thing that Twice got going and BTS and rolling with it. And, you know, I mean, I know it's, it's been around for a while, but it's still all those other groups have been around for a while, too. Yeah. And like, like I said, I, I don't mind. The, I don't mind the success. I, I'm not saying that, oh, yeah, J-pop's better. I'm not saying that. It's just that. What I've been introduced to, because I'm only paying attention to the uh, the J-pop stuff, any K-pop that gets introduced into this, into the the charts, it sounds just I can't I, I I really can't distinguish that. And my point exactly where I just confuse two groups. Granted, I know there is someone the opposite of me, that is K-pop. And when a J-pop thing comes in, they he'll they'll just say it's anime or animal show. I understand that completely. I know there's someone that is totally opposite of my view specifically, and I completely understand that. And I'm not saying that uh, K-pop or a Korean artist shouldn't be in here. It's just that they need to have a little bit more variety, and that's my whole point. And I will harp on this to the moon for any other idols as well. They need to have variety to stand out because otherwise it's just going to be lost in the way of what is considered now modern K-pop. Yeah, and 
like you said, the same goes for J-pop because look at some of the 46s and 48s. You know, some of the, they need that uniqueness to stand out. And after a while, we keep hearing some of the same singles over. So it goes both ways. And I completely yeah, yeah. understand your point. And I'm glad we had that conversation because we do see a lot of different artists on the Oricon. It's not specifically just Japanese artists. So it's nice to bring up this point every once in a while and actually break it down. And I'm curious to see what ITZY will do next. I would like to see them change it up. Will that happen? Probably not. But yeah. I am curious it's, to see what their next single will be and see how they'll handle that. And, you know, I completely understand. Of Obviously, for the most part, Kore uh, the Korean groups that are going to be coming in, they are going to be basically doing a rehash version or a updated Japanese version of their Korean songs. I completely understand. I just want to hear if they do do original songs. I would love to hear that. I would really love to hear that. I, I agree because there's some ones that have come over who had great original songs and I'll bring up Kara. I love their Japanese yeah. music more or almost as much as their Korean music because they did so many original songs and they were fantastic. They did, I mean, yes, they maybe brought a few of their K-pop, you know, did J-pop versions of K-pop ones, but they, I felt like they had more original songs than they did rehashes. And yeah. I enjoyed that. I feel like Exit tried. They actually did pretty decent and had like Ed Edu and like Mflo and Ed involved in some of the producing, which is really nice to bring that in. And I mean, like even groups I like, like I love 4Minute, but... You know, they did a lot of rehashes. 21 did a lot of rehashes. But I want to see more original because I feel like when groups do more original songs, they bring out a different part of their personality, too, and bring, like, their flavor into their original music, you know, original songs. So I'm hoping maybe they'll go that route, and but we'll see. I think only time will tell. This is their, their debut single in Japan, so I'm curious to see where they'll go. Yeah, no, that's that's for darn sure. But regardless, you know, Voltage did do very well. It sold a lovely 33,354 points here. And going on up to number two, it is Brothers Beat by Snowman. Now, I've reiterated my claims about this song last week, but how did you feel about this release? Because this is brand new for you, Luna. So, I, I've enjoyed some of Snowman's stuff, and I know occasionally it's hit or miss. They have good vocals, good rap. However, Brother Beat, so the composition is really good. Like, I was immediately hooked that, but my issue is it was a talking song. And I don't mind if someone's a little talking in it, that's fine. This song was, like, almost all a talking song. You don't hear their vocals, really, you know, and... Snowman has a great combination of, like, vocalist and rappers. And that's one of the reasons I do like them, because they usually can make it flow really well. But Brothers Beat just felt like the composition was there and perfect, but it was just how they pretty much talked throughout the track that really turned me off to it. And I wanted to like it because I really enjoyed the composition. It was so nice. It flowed. Just the rest of the, you know, their vocal, their talking whatever they were doing <laughs> you know vocalization was not flowing with the composition and it felt very off yeah no 
I, I felt the same way of this release, to be honest, where it's just a very solid composition. It's just that the lyrics just did not match. And the fact that it was very talky style of songs was very off-putting. But so regardless, you know, this week it sold a lovely 41,356 points here. And going on up to number one, it is Samida Reo by Sakurazaka46. Now, this was a fairly interesting release. I want to hear your thoughts about it first, Luna, because, you know, we did got to hear both the new version of Nogizaka and uh, obviously now Sakurazaka with this. And... It's just very interesting to see how these two groups are trying to, I guess, go away from each other, which they should, obviously. So, I with Sakurazaka, I always try to like them, but it's been very hard to do that because I felt like they haven't found themselves. And with oh, Sa- yeah. Sami- no, they, 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 they've lost themselves since then the name changed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, and with Sami Dadeo, I just... I'm just trying to think of how to say it. It's like, I did want to like it. I felt it was okay. But after listening to no- Nogi- Nogizaka's Actually, and that that was so good, going into uh, Sami Dadeo, it just... It just did not quite click. I mean, I thought it was okay. The vocals were okay. Um, but I also felt like it was very forgettable still. And I, for me, it just didn't stand out. And even like the single as a whole, yes, I actually did like some of the B-sides on there. I really liked Boku no Dilemma. I don't know what it was about it, but I greatly enjoyed that one. But with Sami Dario, it just, I felt like I listened to it and I'm just like, huh. I honestly, it took me a while to process and figure out what to think. And when I listened to it a second time, like, I still don't know how I feel because I don't like, it's not like I don't hate it. I don't like it, but I don't like it. And you're in that middle point of you're still trying to figure out what they're trying to do. I feel like they're going in a little better direction than they were, but they're still not there yet because they don't know what the heck they're doing. So the... What what's very interesting about this release overall, I think they really tried to do a very emotional filled release this time around. That's why I like and, Boku no Dilemma, because it felt very emotional yeah. and it clicked with me. Yeah. And I don't think with especially with Simon Downeo, it did not quite reach it. It felt like one or two things were off. And I just I, I understand what they're trying to do because they are trying to do the the hard reboot of Sakurazaka forty six has not been good to be to be freaking honest and I, I, that's that's how it is and I'm I'm trying so hard to to see what Gray is really liking about them <laughs> so and I just I I can't it's 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 very difficult to be like. Yeah, this is a solid release of like their pri- like their prior ones. Like honestly, Bon is the only one of note here. I really did not like Nobody's Fault. Nagaradame is forgettable, and they've only had 
like four singles four releases and this is their fourth one and i usually give like group three releases and they all been different and i don't mind that they're all different i really like that however the shift that sakurazaka needs to do is just a little bit off-putting no and i completely agree with that it's just i i couldn't pinpoint what it was but the other tracks of them i actually forgot about all those because I did not care for them that they released. I like that they're trying to find their style and do things different, but at this point, it feels kind of like a lost cause for me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they might they might surprise us a couple singles from now. But I'm not saying that I don't... It just, Sami Dario did not strike a chord with me. It, I just couldn't get yeah. there in that emotional level, and I wanted to. And that was the thing, like, you could feel they were trying to showcase that, but like you said, there was something off that it just didn't quite make it there. Yeah. And it is what it is, you know. It, it did well regardless, you know, it still did numbers that the 46s could be happy about, over 400,000, 410, and... Uh, f- 554 points to be exact but you know it still sold fairly well regardless but with that let's kind of go on to the albums here kind of go on really by here we got um parfait tone or parfait one by claris which is good red hot chili peppers i I keep on forgetting they released something, but here we are. Uh, Rave Fest 2020 Feel My Rhythm mini album by <laughs> Red, Red Velvet. Velvet. <laughs> yep, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was like, huh, that's kind of kind of funny there. <laughs> uh, the second step, Chapter 1 by Treasure, I talked about that last night. And Boom by Red Velvet is also on here. Yep. So I wonder if this is their Japanese release. I'm trying to eat. Yeah, this is all. This is their first full Japanese released album. So good on Red Velvet. Good. Yeah. No, I'm happy for them. They've been around for quite some time. Yeah, you got Stray Kids with Ordinary Mini Album. Man, it's just K pop all the time, huh? <laughs> uh, Glitch Mode, NCT Dream by YouTube by obviously NCT Dream. Uh, and then. Uh, 20 our uh, 25th hour night chord the sikai album by the 25th night chord it's i believe it's a rhythm game it's another it's a uh, the subgroup of the uh hatsu miku game that bushiro does so but yeah you know i want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of ungaku do you slide underneath that hour limit like we usually do and you can listen to all of our affiliates uh watch Cody hunter who is a variety streamer you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Cody hunter k-y-o-r-y-u-h-u-n-t-e-r can check out timber taff who is a variety streamer as well you can check him out at twitch.tv slash timber taff t-i-m-b-e-r-t-a-f-t can also check out your sister Luna Rose, who is probably very excited about the lovely title card stuff for Final Fantasy XIV. Oh my god, I gotta talk to you about that. But this week, uh, you can find her at twitch.tv slash Rainstar Kitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. 
You can also check out Fangirl Has No Name, who is going to be an accomplished author fairly soon. And I am putting my pitch in to do the uh, audible version of her book. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast where me, Kyo, Timber, and Fangirl have talk about the gaming snooze and um, lovely things called Podosaurus. This week we talked about Bridgerton and we talked about Euphoria and how Zendaya is Michi. We also talked about the comparisons to the Michigan Bridge and the Gateway Arch. So we talked about a lot of things of St. Louis this past week. Yay! And apparently Lou did not uh, Lou did not know that the Gateway Arch was the largest landlaid monument in America. I want to say yes, I did know that, but it's been a long time. I haven't been up in that arch in oh my god since I was a child. Oh, no, that's just the random St. Louis facts that I remember. <laughs> it's the long, largest man-made monument in the world. Or in, in America. I shouldn't say in the world. But uh, we also talked about Morbius, which is all... <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> but yeah, you can check it out by looking up Cory Hunter, same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKen1, where we talk about Bang Dream, I and I about Roboco Herobo, and some good old Joshi Pro Wrestling. Where can we follow you, Luna? You can find me on several of the social medias, such as Twitter, My Anime List, Anime Planet, Kitsu, and Letterboxd as Luna Maria87. You can also find me on Instagram as Nerdy Collector Luna, where I talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I bought. Stay tuned for some goodies once I get around to posting them, and my lovely monster cats. Oh, and you can follow Gray at Ongak Gray. But yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongakadu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much, and have a great day. Bye bye Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Ha- hope you have a great rest of your week. Jamatane.